All right, Faith Promise, how's it going this weekend? Wow. Welcome. Wow, what serious worship. God, as we launch out this weekend, our first weekend of 2014, God, we are believing for a hundredfold harvest in the family of God. Lord, we're believing you to move. We're believing it's going to be the greatest year that we have ever experienced. So, Lord, as we launch out into the Word, as we launch out, God, thinking about the seeds that we sow so that we will reap the harvest that you desire for us, mighty God, would you take this incredibly important teaching from your Word, and would you ignite it? Would you, would you impart it? Would you reveal it? Would you move? Would you give us a Psalms 51, 12, Holy Ghost, heaven-sent desire and a holy hunger, Lord, as we read the Bible through together this year, as we started another week, a 21-day fast, as we passionately seek you as a family, God, we look for a harvest that's beyond our wildest dreams. We believe it, we pray it, and in faith we receive it. In Jesus' name we pray, and all God's people said, amen. amen. Well, welcome to all of our campuses. Whatever campus you're worshiping at this weekend, Anderson County, Campbell County, North Knoxville, Blunt County, our Internet Campus, our Pellissippi Campus, we are thrilled that you chose to worship. Happy New Year and blessings, the absolute greatest blessing of the Lord rests upon you this year. And so we're excited about what God's doing. We're, God's kingdom is expanding through us. It won't be long to our Costa Rica campus. We'll be lit up. We're thrilled about that. And so as, we, as that's going to launch soon, and then 15 or 14, we're praying for our next local launch in 15. And I'm just praying the last couple of days wondering, I wonder how many services across all of our campuses we're going to have to add this year because the harvest of souls God's going to give us at Anderson and at Campbell and at Blind and at North and at Pellissippi. How many services are we going to have to add? Because you know what? It just dawned on me it doesn't cost a dime to add another service. We don't have to build a building. We don't have to buy new chairs. Man, we just start another one. And so how many, how many will we need this year? Well, our theme verse for this year, and we started talking about it, our last message at 13 as we reviewed the year. And, man, I, I want you to know we fasted, we prayed, we sought hard after God's word for this year. And saw in uh, Genesis 26, 12, now Isaac sowed in the land and reaped in the same year a hundredfold. And the Lord blessed him. Now, man, I don't know about you, but I want a hundredfold harvest. Anybody here like to have a hundredfold harvest from the Lord? Amen. And so we look at the people, we look at the word and what God says about that. And, and why did this happen? Why did this one guy, why was it that Isaac reaped a hundredfold? Now, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Isaac was the only one in the land that had a farm? Do you think Isaac was the only one that planted but Isaac was the only one that had a hundredfold harvest. So my question is why? What, what was it about the life of, uh, of Abraham's son? What was the deal that the Lord of the harvest blessed him to such a magnitude? And we know that he was blessed beyond everyone in the land because if you read on in the story, and I challenge you to, we're going to get there soon as you're on the Bible reading record. We're all reading through the Word of God together, and it's amazing and wonderful. But we're going to get to this story in, 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 another, in another week or so, and we'll see that Abimelech and the people in that land pushed Isaac out. They were jealous. They pushed him out. Now, let me tell you what they should have done. This is where they blew it. We want to learn some lessons from them. They should have sought his advice instead of kicking him out. 
Because none of them had a hundredfold harvest. So why did he harvest more than everyone else? But you see, this is the problem why they couldn't ask Isaac his secret because they envied him. On in the story, the Bible says, and they, they pushed him out of the land because they envied him because he had more than them. There's some lessons that we need to grasp if we're going to have a hundredfold harvest this year. And one of them is we need to learn to ask for help. Amen? Man, these guys should have been knocking on his door and said, hey, what kind of fertilizer do you use? Hey, what's the deal? Why, you know, I, I, I mean, we, we all had crops, but you had a hundred times our crops. What's, what's up with you? Why is, what's the, you know, my land is beside your land. What's the difference? And he could have said, well, it's Jehovah God. I'm, I'm a child of Jehovah God, and, and so God is blessing me. And they could have worshipped Jehovah God, they, but no, 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 they pushed him out. So we got to ask for help. Secondly, we have to ask the right people for help. Ask the people that know the answers. Are you with me? If you, if you want to get better financially, don't go to somebody broke. If you want financial help, don't go to somebody in bankruptcy court. If you want marriage advice, don't go to someone who is, who is in the process of getting a divorce. If you want help, go to somebody who's been married 25 or 30 years. They might know a thing or two about how to hang in there. If somebody's been married 30 years, they've had some hard times. Now, if you're married a year, you don't believe that. But I've been married 30. Trust me, there's going to be some issues along the road, isn't there? I mean, there's just some bumps in the deal. And so we need to ask questions. We need to ask the right questions. And we need to ask them from the right people. Now, our theme for 2014 is there. You won't if you don't. Basically, you will not reap if you do not sow. The Bible says in Proverbs, I pass by the field of a sluggard or a lazy person. And I learned as I saw their field was full of thorns and thistles. See, the lazy person didn't reap a harvest because they were too lazy to sow the seed and get the ground ready. And so it, 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 it's this just so radical. This is so, this theme is so throughout the Word of God. A companion New Testament verse or passage that we're going to be uh, talking about this month, this series is Galatians chapter 6, starting in verse 7. And it starts like this. Do not be deceived. Now, let me tell you, he's talking about sin and Satan and the world because they are there to draw you away from God. Do not be deceived. We talked about in the song we sang, all I want is in you. And man, every day when I'm in my prayer time, I tell God, there's nothing in this world that compares to you. So why should I pursue anything on earth harder than I pursue my God in heaven? Are y'all with me? Man, but listen, have you lived long enough to learn that the world is full of lies and empty promises? It promised, but it never delivers, and it just keeps, you know, dragging people along. So don't be deceived, for God is not mocked. God is holy, and listen, God's laws are just. For whatever a man sows, this he will also reap. For the one who sows to his own flesh will reap from the flesh corruption. But the one who sows to the Spirit will from the Spirit reap eternal life. Now, Paul knew that people were growing weary and having a difficult time because of the persecution and the temptation and the onslaught of the enemy. So he says in verse 9, do not lose heart in doing good and sowing the right seed. He said, don't lose heart, for in due time we will reap if we do not grow weary. Are you with me? Have you seen people grow weary and quit? 
Man, I've seen people that I'll run into out in the mall or out at a restaurant or somewhere, and man, as soon as they see me, their head just drops. And I know they're not going to church. See, it doesn't matter if they don't go to faith promise, they're not going anywhere. And I'll walk up, and man, they're, they're trying not to make eye contact. It's wonderful being a pastor. I got pulled over by a cop one time speeding. And when the cop walked up, he recognized me. He said, well, you're Pastor Chris. I said, yes, and you haven't been in church. He said, man, I'm so sorry. <laughs> I just, man, I said, well, where have you been? I mean, I, I don't, you know, just pray for me. I'll be back. You have a great day. Boy, man. <laughs> Woo! Missed the ticket and got the share. And so he says, listen, you will reap if you do not grow weary. I want to challenge you to memorize. This is on my memorization list. Verse 10, so then while we have an opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially those who are of the household of faith. Now, we got to do it. The scripture is certain that the Lord bless Isaac. Now, why did the Lord bless Isaac? And I, I just, in my journal, I said, okay, Lord, why did Isaac have a hundredfold blessing? What was it? Over everybody else. So I just began, let me give you three reasons why that I believe that he got the hundredfold blessing. Number one, he was the son of promise. God promised Abraham, I'm going to give you a son of your old age, and your, your descendants are going to be greater than the stars in the sky and the sand on the seashore. And I'm a, so he was the son of promise. Number two, he was a covenantal son. He was of the Abrahamic. You see, Abraham made a covenant with God. And then those that lived from Abraham to Moses were under what was called an Abrahamic covenant. And you can go see the covenant that Abraham made, and he made sacrifices, and he cut them in two, and then God passed between the, the sacrificial animals with Abraham. And, and so now his son is under the covenant, so he's a covenantal son. Number three, God had already promised his blessings. So let's think about you. He's gone. Isaac's gone, in case you didn't know. Okay, Isaac's in heaven. So what about us? If, what about us? Well, let me, let's, let's look at the three things about Isaac. Number one, you are the son of promise. Look what it says in John chapter 1, verse 12. But to as many as received him, now let's talk about salvation, right? But to as many as received him, to them he gave the right to become the children of God, even to those who believe in his name, who were not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh, nor of the will of man, but of God. See, we are born now. We are reborn. We are saved into the covenant. We're, we're, we're children of promise. Number two, we're children of the covenant. If you go to 2 Corinthians chapter 3, it says that, that we have a better covenant. The glory of Moses was fading away, but we have been given a better covenant. Go read the entire book of Hebrews that our covenant's better than any covenant. That if the old covenant would have been perfect, it would not have been done away with. But we now live under the new covenant, the sacrifice of Jesus. So we are, we're, so we're sons of the promise. We are covenantal sons. We're sons of the covenant. And number three, we have promised blessings. Our, the blessings are promised. You say, where at? Have you read the Bible? <laughs> have you read the New Testament? And God loves to bless his kids, doesn't he? God loves to bless his children. Now he warns us in 6 Galatians, be careful what you sow. Because listen, God is not mocked. If you sow to the flesh, you're sowing crap, you're going to reap crap. Now, you may sow crap and not want to reap crap, but God is not mocked. If that's what you're sowing, that's what you're going to get. But if you sow to the Spirit of the Spirit, you're going to reap eternal life. You're going to reap fruit. You're going to harvest. You're going to have all these things. 
So if you sow the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Now listen, my prayer, man, listen, I'm begging God, praying, hammering heaven, all of our pastors are, that you make a deliberate decision right now to get on with us. Today is day four of the Bible reading plan. We gave out these books. You won't if you don't. For two weekends, there's, at every campus, there's still so left. You can pick them up. You can go to faithpromise.org backslash Bible plan. This whole book is downloaded there. But I, this is my fourth day. I've read it, tweeting it, talking about it, so are people. But make a decision you're going to read with us. And then in a week, we start a 21-day fast. Now, we want to reap a hundredfold harvest as a church, right? Right? So listen, let's get in a word together. And let's get fasting next week together. Think about this week, how you're going to fast. You can look in the book. I give you about five or six different options of how you can fast in those 21 days. So let's do it. Let's, man, let's start sowing seed. And let me warn you, if you're listening, say, I am. The enemy's also sowing seed. He's not sowing seed. He's sowing weed. And I'm not talking about the kind that's legal in Colorado. See, God is sowing seed and the devil's sowing weeds. And those weeds, listen, listen, Jesus warned us the weeds will choke out the harvest. They will choke it out. And you'll finish this year, you'll say, well, you know, pastor, the church had a hundredfold harvest and your family had a hundredfold harvest. What about me? Listen, don't let the enemy plant the weeds. Are you with me? I mean, you've got to be careful about the sowing and the reaping in Hosea chapter 10. Love this verse, Hosea chapter 10, verse 12. Sow with a view to righteousness. Reap in accordance with kindness. Break up your fallow ground, for it is time to what? To do what? Now, let me ask you a question. When the prophet says, under inspiration of the Lord, to break up the fallow ground, to what is the prophet pointing. When he tells you to break up your fallow ground, what's he talking about? Your front yard? What's he talking about? Come on, say it. Your heart. Don't be afraid. Come on. Listen, say it loud. It'll be wrong. Nobody will know. Be bold. Step out there. Break it up. He's talking about your heart. And Jesus in John 15 said, I'm the vine, my father is the vine dresser, and, I'm, I'm the, and you're a branch, and my father is the farmer, and he prunes, and he cuts, and he, he tills, and he works on the deal. But listen, if you've got a calloused, hard, hurt, unbelieving, du- duplistic heart, you will not reap from God all that you could. Does that make sense? Because God doesn't grow a hundredfold harvest in a hardened heart. It doesn't work that way. The Lord of the harvest plants, and what we're doing is we read the word every day together as we're getting ready for our 21-day fast, as we're this time to seek the Lord as we do it together. We're asking God to till our hearts, and we're trying to plant the right seed, and we're asking the farmer, our Heavenly Father, to grow up this harvest. And so Jesus takes this deal to a whole nother level. In Matthew chapter 13. In Matthew 13, Jesus goes on and he has a long parable. It's called the parable of the sower. The sower goes out to sow seed and some falls on the road and some falls on the path and some falls in the weed and some falls on good soil. And he gets done telling this and some produce no results. Some have 30%, 60%, and some have a hundredfold harvest. 
And the people here and the disciples are, are they're just, they're mind-boggled. They don't know what Jesus is talking about. So they ask him in verse 10 of Matthew 13, why do you speak to them in parables? And, and what is the deal? What's going on? What's happening? And he said, to you it has been granted to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it has not been granted. We have been granted to know the mysteries of heaven. And what we are talking about, and you won't if you don't, is a heavenly law. And it's not a principle, it's a heavenly law. You will reap what you No question about it. And so Jesus goes on in verse 18. Hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, and the word is the word of God, the seed, and Jesus is the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand, the evil one comes and snatches away what has been sown in his heart. See, not only will the devil sow weeds, but he'll take away the seed. And the one who the seed had sowed on the rocky place is the man who hears the word and immediately receives you with joy. Woo! Yet it has no firm root in him, himself, but it is only temporary. When the affliction of persecution arises because of the word, immediately he falls away. Look at verse 22. And the one whom the seed was sown among the thorn is the man who hears the word and the worries of this what? The world and the deceitfulness of what? Choke out the word and it becomes what? Unfruitful. No harvest from God. No harvest. And if you go to the very next verse, it rolls into the parable of the, of the tares and the wheat. And it is an enemy that sows the weed in amongst the seed. And the devil is a good farmer, is he not? He's always looking for an opportunity to sprinkle his weed into your seed. He's always looking to choke out the word of God in your heart and stop what God wants to do. Have you ever noticed and I love the woods. I don't know. You may not be a wood kind of person, but I love to hunt. And so I like the woods. I, I like going. Man, I love, you know, I'll sit up in the tree for three or four hours in the morning and, and deer hunt or, or all that kind of stuff. You know what I've noticed? That if there's the one kind of tree, all the trees around it are the same kind. You ever notice that? If the forest is full of, it's got, got pine trees, the whole forest is pine, pine trees. If it's hardwoods, it's all acorns. It's all hard. wonder why. Because one tree so, puts out some seed, and that seed takes root, and it begins to grow, and that takes over. Does that make sense? You know what I'm talking about? And this is the deal. In your heart, you got the same kind of thing going on. And if you're not protecting what seed goes in, if the weeds are going in, it chokes out the harvest. Who are you hanging out with? What are you watching? What are you doing? What are, you, are you in small group? Are you in the Word of God? Have you gotten on with a Bible reading plant? Are you allowing some spiritual seed to be sown? What's your plant? Who are you hanging with? Because I believe this is on my heart. Genesis 26, 12 is for us this year. Isaac planted in the land, and in the same year he, he reaped a hundredfold harvest because the Lord blessed him. I think now, who wants that kind of blessing? Anybody in the house want that kind of blessing? Anderson, come on, Blunt. What about it, guys? Every campus, wherever we are, man, we want that. Man, come on, Lord, bring it. So let me give you some things that I believe every one of us have got to do. If you're listening, say I am. Number one, break up the fallow ground. Would you, would, would you agree, would we just agree that, that some part of our heart has grown hardened? Hadn't we? We've been screwed over, we've been ditched, we've been dissed, we've been done wrong, we've been ripped and robbed and raped, and because people have walked out, people have done us wrong, we don't want to hurt anymore, so we begin to grow calloused. But listen, there's no hundredfold harvest on a calloused heart. 
Oh, no. That's why, again, listen, that's why I'm asking you, get in the Word with us together. It doesn't take four or five minutes to read the passage that's laid out every day. So, get, listen, and if you hadn't started, just start tomorrow, or whatever day, just start tomorrow. Just go to the, man, go online, grab a book, go, and just start. Don't, don't even try to catch up. Just get on, plant some seed. Are you with me? Just plant some seed. Get ready for the 21-day fast. You said, Pastor, I've never fast. Good. Man, you're about to experience an extra dose of the ghost. And I'm not talking about Casper. I'm talking about the Holy Spirit. Come on. It's going to be good. And as you're reading that Bible, as you're fasting, as you're seeking God, he's going to till up your heart. He's going to roll that rotor tiller. He's going to soften. He's going to cut out the calluses. He's going to move with the word. And as we worship, he moves. As you get in small group, and he's, he's tilling, he's tilling, and you're sowing the seed. And before long, you will begin to see a harvest that's going to blow your mind. Now, some of you are not believers yet. Hey, listen, that's okay. Hang with us. Because many of you are going to be. Yeah, you're going to be. So, man, just hang with us. Some of you are back this weekend because it's a New Year's Eve resolution. You haven't been out of church for a while. It's first weekend. I think I'll go back. And, and if someone were to sit down and ask you, what happened? Where'd you go? You know what most of us would say? I don't know. I, I don't know. What, you know, I used to go to church. I used to serve. I, I don't really know what happened. I don't, I don't know. But something happened. Something drove me away. It's the devil sowing the weeds and keeping you out of the house of God. He said, but Pastor, you don't understand what's happened to me, man, and my heart is hard, but you don't understand what people have done to me. Is it as bad as the cross? No. Then come on. Forgive and move on. Listen, why would you let somebody that hurt you in the past keep hurting you today? Is that dumb as a stick? That's dumb as a stick. Come on. Dive into the spiritual end of the pool. If you sow to the flesh, you're going to reap corruption. Walk through the spiritual doors of discipline that God laid out for us. Listen, we don't need a New Year's resolution. We need a reformation. We need a revival. We need a renewal. We need a reignition. We need a, an energizing and an impartation and a moving of the power of God so that we don't quit this time. But, man, we do not grow weary in well-doing knowing that we will reap if we do not faint. So, number one. Break up the fallow ground. Number two, are you ready? If you're ready, say, I'm ready. ready. Block the satanic seed. Don't give the devil an opportunity to A, either steal the good seed or B, plant the bad seed. The world is full of lies, empty promises. It never delivers. It promises that you get there and it pushes you out and pushes you out and pushes you out. Never, never. Only God is faithful. So don't give the enemy an opportunity. I mean, the best way you can do it is get in the Word every day, having a quiet time, seeking God every day. Man, being involved with a group, a small group of faith promise. Come on. Now, did Genesis 3 work out well for Adam and Eve? No, they were kicked out of the garden and the ground was cursed because of them. Because they believed a lie the devil told. See, if your heart is hardened, there's not going to be a hundredfold harvest. It's not. If your heart's full of weeds, then you've got to, man, you've got to get before God and you've got to tell God, God, I don't, I don't, I don't get it all and I don't understand, but I know there's so much crap has come into my life and God, I need you to pull the weeds. I need to be able to see and I'm looking for some spiritual seed because Jesus said, 
Some produce zero, some produce 30, some produce 60, and some produce a hundredfold. And you know, the, the only dependence upon the amount of the harvest is the soil of the heart. Does that make sense? The soil of the heart. Man, I mean, if you're, your heart is hardened, you're not going to see. Ask any farmer. It all depends upon the soil. Does that make sense? So we need a heart analysis. See, years ago, they just planted, man. Now we've got, man, we got future farmers of America, and we've got all these, you know, educated people, and they come out, and they take a soil sample, and they go back, and they computer check it, and they come back and say, you need these five things if you want to produce a great crop, then here's what you need to do, man. You need to add this and fertilize that, or you need to do this, you need to do that, and then you can, then you can plant, and you'll have the maximum harvest. And we need some, we need to allow the Spirit of God to do a heart analysis. Does that make sense? And matter of fact, as we start this year, do you know that there are some people that are with us this weekend that have never turned their life over to Jesus? You visited, you've been here for a while, but you've never made the leap of faith, and you know it. And until you make that leap of faith and until you get a new heart, because God said, I will take out your, your heart of stone and I will get put in you a heart of flesh, says the Lord, and place my spirit within you. Man, it's time right now for people to say yes to Jesus. So with every head bowed, every eye closed, if you, man, if I'm talking to you and you know it and you're ready to have a new year and you're ready to open your heart up to Jesus, then we're going to pray this prayer with you. Come on, faith promises, pray with them. Just pray this prayer out loud. Say, dear God, I know I've sinned. I know there's weeds. And I'm so sorry. Come into my heart. I confess you as Lord. Help me now walk by faith. Help me to honor you in all that I do. In Jesus' name. And all God's people said. Now, if all the campus pastors would, if you'd just make your way down front at every campus, because in just a minute we're going we're gonna to celebrate the table of the Lord. And, hey, what a better way. What a better way to start out the year to ask God to soften our heart than by taking the Lord's Supper. Amen? So, guys, come on down. I want people to see where you are, Matt, and Chuck. Come on down, Brad and Chuck. And I want, because it gets hard to see them when, when people move. So the campus pastors are coming and, and, uh, at every campus, and they're going to give you direction uh, at all of our sites this weekend about how to take the table. Lord, but this is what I want to challenge you. I want to challenge you. Get on the Bible reading plan. Get ready for 21-day fast. I want to challenge you to be here next weekend because we're going we're gonna to dig into some stuff. We're going to ask God to, to plow our hearts so that a 100-fold harvest, this will be the greatest year that we have ever had in Jesus' name. Holy Spirit, would you follow at every campus? Would you move on every pastor? God, would you move in every pew? Would you move down every aisle, down every row? As we come and we gather around the table, as we pick up, as we pick up a cracker, symbolizing the body of Jesus, broken, crushed for us. And we pick up that grape juice, which reminds us of the blood of Jesus, of the new covenant that cleanses us of all of our sins. Holy God, how can we have hard hearts when we read John 19 of the passion and the torture and the abuse, Lord Jesus, that you suffered for us? So would you move at every campus as we, as we worship 
softly, God, as, as, we, as we gather around the tables, help us to remember what was paid for us so that our hearts would be right. Jesus, we love you so much. Would you move now? In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, now it's us and internet. Internet, you guys go to the chat room or you can go to uh, the commitment card. Man, if you prayed that prayer with me or you need to help us, if you'll take the communication card out, say, hey, I need baptism or I prayed with the pastor or listen, I need to get in a group, four weeks to our next group alignment or I need, to, I need some help. Fill out the communication card and put in the offering boxes and one of, our, one of our staff, one of our leaders will contact you. But right now, just we're going to worship. Just as you feel, just make your way. There's tables at all three sections in this, at, at this Pellissippi campus. Take the cracker. Say, thank you, Jesus. Nobody ever did anything for you like Jesus did. And thank you for your blood. Eat that cracker and drink that grape juice and allow the Spirit of God to soften your heart. Let's stand and worship.